So this week we continue from last week. Um, maybe I'm stating the obvious there. Um, but if you weren't here last week, uh, then listen back later to the first part of this reading. What's happened last week, just as a recap, uh, some of you will remember, Jesus uh, went into the synagogue in Nazareth. He unrolled the scroll and read from Isaiah. And in what Jesus read, he said, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The scripture, of course, being the one, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So as Jesus said that, today's reading picks up with that line again. He began by saying to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. I don't know what you think when you prepare to listen to somebody, but most of us, when we prepare to listen to somebody, have in our minds a judgment that will, um, that will act as a paradigm, a window into the way they're going to speak. And so uh, maybe if a politician you like or don't like is on the television news, before they say a word, you've already decided what you think about them. You've already decided whether what they're going to say is true or if it's false. And so it is for Jesus. He's in his hometown and he has said the words, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. The religious folks believed that the kingdom was coming. Uh, that was a common thing to preach. The good news for the poor, freedom for the prisoners. They knew that was coming, but the difference here is Jesus is saying, in me, it has come. It's not coming in the future, it's come now. Suddenly, everything has changed. It's gone from being this um, you know, I don't know, we, we all do this too, don't we? Uh, when, when there's somebody and, and you kind of say, hey, we should get together and have a cup of coffee sometime. Uh, have you ever done that? You've said that to somebody and then you walk away. And, and it's almost like there's an intention. Oh yeah, sometime we should have coffee. Sometime we should go for lunch. Sometime we should come for a visit. Sometime we should hang out at the house. But it doesn't actually necessarily get arranged. And so sometime the kingdom of God is coming. And Jesus says, no, this is now. We're going for coffee today to talk about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has come now. Verse 22 says, all spoke well of him and were amazed at his gracious words. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked. Isn't this Joseph's son? They didn't uh, necessarily respond to what he was saying, uh, what they did was they were amazed. They couldn't believe it, in other words. They couldn't believe who was speaking. Maybe this has happened to you. Um, uh, this, this tends to be a thing that for folks that are a little bit older in life, uh, you've probably seen this happen, uh, where there's somebody who uh, you remember, maybe, in church being knee-high to a grasshopper. Um, Oh, it's, it's too early for a joke. No, it's not. Um, who's, the, uh, who's the shortest man in the Bible? Nehemiah. 
Sorry, sorry, I had to. Um, <laughs> what was my point? You remember when people are like knee-high Maya, uh, knee-high to a grasshopper. Um, there's, just for those of you online, uh, because we haven't got things in, there are groans in the church right now. <laughs> I can hear them. Um, but you remember when someone's small and then years later you suddenly see them standing up um, and they're taller than you and they're reading the Bible or they're, or they're doing some music or they're doing something and you can't believe. It's, I remember when you were tiny. And so it happens too when, when there are people and you may see them through high school and then, then they grow up and they, they go away and maybe they, they go and get some job and you, you then can't believe that you're, you're in, uh, in doctor's surgery and someone walks in and you think, oh, you're not old enough to be a doctor. Um, when I was ordained, I was 30, um, which uh, uh, Jesus was 30 when he started his ministry. So I think 30 is a good age to start in, in full-time ministry. Um, but yet, I was still seen to be very young, and I would conduct funeral services, and people would walk out and shake my hand and say, well, you are very young. I thought, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> was it a good service or was it not? You know, did, did you appreciate the service or not? And it's... Uh, so... I'm just kind of saying that to help us get in the mindset of this small town of Nazareth where there's this guy, isn't he Joseph's son? Isn't he Joseph's son? And Joseph's son is saying that today the scripture about the kingdom of God coming is fulfilled in your hearing. And so he says to them, verse 23, Surely you will quote this proverb, Physician, heal yourself. Now, just for reference, we don't know where the proverb is from, and neither do the commentators. So uh, this is, it sounds like other proverbs in, in the proverbs, um, but it's, it's not something that the commentators have been able to identify. Um, that's just an aside for those of you uh, that like the detail. And so you will tell me, do hear in your hometown what we have heard you do in Capernaum. And he said, no prophet is accepted in their hometown. I assure you, and on he goes. Um, but just before I get to the next bit, um, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. You know, it's easier to listen to a stranger, isn't it, uh, than to listen to someone who we know. Um, there is a reason why uh, those of us who... Um, in our families, maybe we know somebody who's become a Christian in the family, and they're probably not going to become a Christian because of something we say. They're probably not going to listen to us because we're in their family. They will, it will be a friend or, or a work colleague or, or a neighbor, and it might be through them. Now, I'm not saying that exclusively. People do become Christians through families. Um, but quite often, uh, we don't listen to the people we know well. Uh, we listen to other people um, who are outside of our context. And so we listen uh, often not to people in our hometown. I guess that's why I had to come here, because no one would listen to me in England. Um, not saying I'm a prophet, um, but, uh, but just saying there is something about being in a different place. And to be honest, um, I'm sure many preachers would say this, it is far easier preaching to a congregation you didn't no, since you were knee-high to a grasshopper than one that you did. I don't know that because I've never been a grasshopper. Um, so, verse 25. I assure you, Jesus said, that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time. And on he goes. Uh, he, he tells two stories. I'm not going to go in detail because we don't have time. But he tells two stories that effectively say when God came through the prophets, he wasn't coming to the faithful Jewish religious people. He was coming to the Gentiles. Um, and 
so that is why they're mad. Initially, they're not mad. They're just like, isn't this Joseph's son? He's saying some good stuff. This is a bit odd. Uh, but now at this point, with Jesus quoting these two stories of the prophets, they're now getting mad because he's saying, not only are you going to not listen to me because I'm from this town, but there's a history through time that when God sends prophets to people, uh, often he's trying to reach the people who are outside the ones who, who know and call themselves to be the chosen ones. And so they're furious at this. All the people, verse 28, in the synagogue were furious, so they got up, they drove him out of the town. Now, driving out of the town in those days did not involve F-150 pickup trucks. Driving out of the town meant a load of them probably marching with Jesus, um, being chased almost as they walk out of the town. Um, and... Uh, they get up to the brow of the hill, the top of the hill on which the town was built, and their intent was to throw him off the cliff. That's how mad they were. Um, they were going to throw him off the cliff. And if he'd been thrown off the cliff, he probably wouldn't have survived. And so, instead, somehow, he walks through the crowd and manages to go about on his way. And that's the end of it. But we see a huge amount of anger and resentment towards Jesus. He was rejected in his hometown. Now, you might be wondering, well, did he just stir them up? Did he make them do that? Um, and there's an argument to say that, you know, he wasn't coming in with exactly the most, um, you know, he, he, it was almost like he asked for this. But I think there's a sense in which for Jesus. It's just making the point now so that it can be said. Here's why I'm not going to be here doing this stuff here, because actually you aren't the people who need to hear what I have to say, and you're not going to listen as well as other people are elsewhere. And they demonstrate their misunderstanding and their inability to listen to what Jesus has to say. They don't see him as the Messiah when he says, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. They see him as Joseph's son, the carpenter's son. And so then when he continues in what he says and he draws on uh, with great knowledge and wisdom the scripture which they would have known, all they can do is get mad and say, we cannot listen to you, off you go. For us today, are we ready to listen to Jesus? He's not just a good man. He's not just a wise teacher. He's not just a prophet from long ago. Jesus, for us as Christians, is the one who came and lived and went about among people like us. And then, as we know, took to the cross, our sin and our shame, and took that away for us. This is a reminder in this passage for us that we must not be like them. We must not drive Jesus away and try and throw him off a cliff. We need to listen to what he has to say. And sometimes that involves reading it and rereading it, and sometimes that involves as people often do, an email to me 
David, I was reading this passage of scripture and I don't understand why this bit is there. Sometimes it takes us a while to get our head around it and it doesn't happen at once. And that's why we have a lifetime to be part of a church in order to figure this stuff out. And we never will completely. But let's make sure that we see the warning here. As they rejected him, he was gone. He left them. They lost their most precious uh, citizen because they couldn't listen to the words he had to say. Let us be careful how we listen and make sure we listen to Jesus today and in the weeks to come. Amen.